0: Here's what's coming today on the Woodworking Network podcast.
1: When Brad came in, he told me, he said, hey, we're just going to look. We're going to see what you have and um, we're going to see if this will work. What we weren't prepared for was when Brad said, hey, I've got an idea. We're going to change this up.
0: Welcome to the fourth season of the Woodworking Network podcast and a new episode. Join us as we explore the business of woodworking, big and small, and what it takes to succeed. I'm Will Sampson. Today's episode is sponsored by WoodPro Expo Florida. Today, our guests are Brad Cairns from Quantum Lean and Jim Allen of River City Cabinets in Austin, Texas, with an amazing story of a lean transformation. But before I get to that, I want to talk about, it's not magic, But it can feel that way. Lots of things in business present themselves as solutions that will instantly cure all ills and launch you to the stratosphere of business success. There's the new machine that will multiply your productivity by some amazing factor. Or the business consultant who claims to have the secret sauce to smooth out all of your bottlenecks. I think we're all familiar with the expression, if it seems too good to be true, it likely is. There's no silver bullet, no magic wand, but in reality, some changes can seem that way. I'm fond of science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke's dictum, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Sometimes the magic happens when your eyes are open to new possibilities it might come from new technology. Yes, sometimes a new machine can be transformative. But let's be realistic. As many gains in productivity that can be had from a new machine, it likely still will just move the bottleneck elsewhere in your production flow. And not all production problems can be solved with a new machine or a robot. Sometimes the magic involves people. Are they doing things in a coordinated fashion? Is everybody on the same page with how they do things so you achieve consistent results? What would happen if you reorganize jobs, processes, or procedures? Are you listening when your workers tell you there's a better way to do something? The magic of some consultants is really no secret. It's that they have been to enough plants to quickly see some of the problems that you might be too close to for your own good. It's often stunning what can happen with a few changes in procedures, shop layouts, or just getting teams and individuals to more effectively coordinate with each other. Sometimes you find there are as many ways of doing something in your operation as there are people doing it. What happens when they finally get together to compare notes and jointly develop a standard procedure that everyone follows for maximum efficiency? Is that magic? Maybe so, but it doesn't take a top hat and a magic wand to get it done. It does, however, take a willingness to open your eyes and try new things. I'm convinced that one of the reasons business owners and production foremen are so easily convinced that the solution to their problems is new machinery is because they can see the machinery in action, doing what they want it to do. It might be in a video, on a showroom floor, or in a trade show booth, but it's real, and it's working. It's a lot easier to sign on the dotted line for that shiny piece of metal and electronics than it is to visualize how a change in people, if you can find them, or procedures will work out. For that matter, there's no guarantee such a change will work out at all. Compare that to the recorded speed rate on a machine. The magic is in the vision, and the magic words are, open your eyes and open your minds. I want to get to our interview with Brad and Jim, but first let's pause for a word from our sponsor. It's really easy for woodworkers to stay stuck inside, focused on their shops and production. But over the last couple of years, the pandemic has forced them to be even more isolated than usual. Now it's time to get out of the shop and resume life in the outside world, especially when it's a chance to network with your woodworking business peers. That opportunity is coming April 12th, 14th in West Palm Beach, Florida as the WoodPro Expo joins with Closets Conference and Expo to offer an unparalleled opportunity to boost your business with intelligence on techniques, tools, and technology. Let's get face-to-face again. Learn more at WoodProExpoFlorida.com. See you there. Now let's get to our interview with Brad Cairns of Quantum Lean and Jim Allen from River City Cabinets in Austin, Texas. Today, we're privileged to have two guests on the Woodworking Network podcast Brad Cairns of Quantum Lean and Jim Allen, Operation Manager at River City Cabinets in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the Woodworking Network podcast, gentlemen. Thank you, Will. It's good to be here. Good to have you both. Um, We brought you both on the podcast together because you recently teamed up to launch a new lean manufacturing effort at River City Cabinets in Austin, Texas. Um, let's start with you, Jim. Can you give us a little background on River City and why you were interested in trying lean manufacturing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, River City is a, uh, company that has been here. Uh, the founders, um, recently sold the business. Um, they grew the business, uh, from, you know, from about $3 million all the way to, uh, all the way to six and a half. And, um, it was it was uh, with great effort that they had done so um, the business itself is uh, is a strong business. It, it's going good. We were not having problems, um, so to speak, other than the fact that we were just growing. And as we grew, um, we got to a point where we needed to either find more skilled labor or we needed to change some of the things we were doing to increase our output, our throughput. How many people um, so, do you have on staff, Jim? Uh, We have between 45 and 50
0: people on staff right now. And about how many square feet in your operation?
1: Uh, We're currently in two different facilities. Um, We have a a hybrid third facility that does nothing but finishing where we have four people. Um, Under the two main facilities, we have 20,000 square feet. Okay, great. Production capacity out of that 20,000 square feet, we're somewhere around twelve to twelve to fifteen thousand. We have a showroom in those facilities. So at, you know showroom and office space to take right. up some of that production space.
0: So Brad, you you and I have talked many times about lean and particularly the challenges in launching a new lean effort. What were the special challenges you saw at River City?
2: Um I would say the first thing we saw when we walked through and this this is always Prelevant is, and I don't know where it comes from, most of us just start this way, but basically the the operations running on what we would consider super push. So we're pushing orders out onto the shop floor rather than pulling them through the shop. Um, not the easiest concept to get your head around, but to the trained eye, that, that's what we saw right away. And that's where we saw the opportunity uh, for creating better flow on the shop floor.
0: I saw in the in the video that you posted a huge amount of work in progress uh, filling up the spaces when you got started there.
2: Yeah, I mean and when you're when you're doing, you know, push which could also just be referred to as make the machines run, don't shut off the CNC. Um that contributes greatly to overproduction. So that's what you would see all over the shop floor you know carts filled everywhere with uh with the overproduction
0: so making more stuff than people uh next line in the process could handle you got it so jim what was the initial reaction from your team when you announced you were going lean? um well so brad uh (laughs)
1: I asked Brad when uh, when we signed up with him to to go lean. I said, "Hey, what can I do on my end to help this be successful? What what are some what are some ways that I can catch this to our employees to make sure that they're on board with it?" Um he gave me access to something called 2 second lean. Um and I encouraged everyone in our plant uh to and everyone in our organization. So all 50 people, I encouraged them. I said, "Guys, here's a free book, read it." So we got the book for him. Um, Brad gave us a resource that was an absolute free resource. Um, so we gave them that that book. Uh, Two second lean. We all read it as a group. I had about 28 of my 50 folks read it. So um, over half um, read it, and you know they they were a little bit prepared for it. Um, I don't think we were prepared for what Brad did though. So when <laughs> Brad came in. <laughs> when when brad came in he told me he said hey we're just gonna look we're gonna see what you have and um we're gonna see if this will work what we weren't prepared for was when brad said hey i've got an idea we're gonna change this up um that wasn't supposed to happen i wasn't prepared for it and when he told me what he was doing i was scrambling trying to figure out how to say no um but he didn't give me that option. So we just changed it. Uh, He'd already gotten with the other, uh, with the other guys in the shop, the shop foreman, as well as the, uh, as well as the lead uh, on, in the department Um, they rearranged the tables. And before I knew it, they were trying something that um, I initially thought we were going to get a ton of blowback on. Um, And, and, you know, to be honest, um, there was a lot of guys that were, you know, They were they were frustrated. They didn't think it was going to work the first couple of days. Uh, But by Friday, we had the same group of people that were that were most upset looking at it going, this is awesome. This is amazing. I can't That's great. I'm going to stop the you
0: there a little bit, Jim, because I want to I want to build it up a little bit more to till we get to the, the conclusion. Now, Brad, I know that both you and your uh, quantum lean colleague Lynn Thomas were were active in the this launch. Now she was conducting classes, right? At the while you were working with the guys in the back shop. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, and that's, that's her specialty. She's an unbelievable trainer. So we just um, set her loose to, to train everybody in the facility. So like Jim said, so that what's coming at them is not a total surprise. They've been exposed to it in the classroom. Now let's put it to work out on the shop floor. Um, So generally we're not that aggressive in terms of like training and changing the flow all in the same week. So that was, that was a bit of a shocker for all of us, but it it kind of was just starting to fall into place like that. And we thought, well, we're both here. Let's just rock and roll. And so uh, that's kind of how we tackled it. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of work. It was exhausting for Lynn. She's running three classes a day to make sure that we don't shut down the factory and everybody's getting that introduction to lean training. So um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a crazy week. That's for sure.
0: Now, Jim, I uh, so we everybody understands how you were working before uh, things got changed and mixed up. Um, you you in your assembly process, you were running all a bunch of individual benches with individual guys assembling stuff separately. Is that correct? Right. Um, the
1: easiest way to say it is we had a bunch of silos in the shop. So um, everything we did was by the dollar, meaning, um, you know, what what you can manufacture. Uh, we, we know what we had to make per uh, per day. In, in dollar cents, not in cabinet box cents. So uh, translating that to the shop floor, hey, you guys need to build X number of boxes in order for us to be profitable a day um, was very difficult. Um, it was also very difficult for them to see what took place from, from one bench to another bench when they were working on a given job, um, it's, it's silos. So you'd have one job and 13 different people working on different parts of that job as opposed to a team working on an entire job. Um, well, but that, for us
0: that, that's what made sense. That's yeah, that that gets you the problem of of you know a guy thinks he's doing really doing great for the company cuz he's making yep. a gazillion parts and the next guy in line can't use a gazillion parts and he only right, needs so that was the 25. <laughs>
1: Exactly, Will, and so that was the argument. So, so part of the argument was uh, initially when Brad was talking about doing what Brad did um, or showed us to do, uh, he uh, we had this argument from some of the guys in the on the shop floor. They were like, "Well, I do a really good job. Like my cabinets, I never have problems with, and I can build six or seven cabinet boxes in a day. And Pete over here can only build one cabinet box, and that one cabinet box he does isn't as good as my cabinet box." So that was part of the argument. They're like, "Well, you know, why are you going to handicap me and strap me next to Pete, who could only build one cabinet box, and he doesn't do that good of a job?" So overcoming that hurdle was uh, was part of the was part of the battle. Helping guys see that, listen, quit working in a silo and start working as a team. Because if you work as a team, not only does the quality of the entire company go up, but the the volume that you produce goes up. It just just seemed counterintuitive, Will.
0: So, so, Brad, what, what did you do? You just you just rearranged the furniture and, and changed the roles of how these guys worked? Or, what, you know, what, what was the deal?
2: Okay. So, the, the, the fancy term is connecting processes. So, rather than, like Jim said, everyone's working in their own silo, doing their own thing, uh, totally unbeknownst to what people beside them or around them are doing, um, we created a line. We just took all of those workbenches and put them all together in a line and started the box at the beginning and let it run down the line. And as fast as you can get your portion of it done, you pass it on to the next guy, but it's all hinge, hinging on the last guy in line. So we're creating that pull. So as soon as a t- cabinet goes off the bench, he just pulls it from the guy before him who pulls it from the guy before him. And they literally stop wherever they are. And the next guy picks up where they left off and it, it, I mean, it almost sounds ludicrous until you see it working and you see what happens when people are able to communicate, when they're able to catch each other's mistakes. It, it really, it's, it's phenomenal. And if you watch the the video, um, in, or you read the comments from the video, you know, some people are like, oh, you're, you're stifling people's creativity by, by making them a factory worker, you know, and and Jim, you could probably comment on this in a second, but I couldn't disagree more. I couldn't. I I think that all you're doing is shifting the mindset, the creativity, instead of oh, I'm being creative because I can remember the entire process of this entire box all by myself, which which makes me feel really good and and like I'm a cabinet maker, creative individual, to. I'm working on a team. Now I'm going to use that creativity to help the team. I'm going to use that creativity to improve the process, not necessarily using all that creativity to remember 400 steps of building a cabinet. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. So, so kind of, kind of to piggyback on that, Brad, um, I've not read a lot of the comments um, and I typically don't read comments on YouTube simply because, you know, it may not work for you. If it doesn't work for you, that's fine. It doesn't work. But for us, it has. I will direct that one comment that you said, though, um, Brad, where, where somebody said you're stifling someone's creativity. Um, if you recall, Brad, we had one gentleman in our uh, in our company that came up to you and said, "I'm a cabinet maker. I, I that's what I am. I'm a craftsman. You're taking that away from me. You're putting me on the assembly line." That same guy came up to us after you left and said, this is amazing. I get to work with people. (laughs) I I get to work with people. And you remember him, Brad, but he said, I get to work with people now. And I love this because now this is part of who we are. This is part of what we get to do as a company. And and Brad, you said something essential before you left. And we've really brought this home with the guys and we're still still pounding this on in our morning meeting. Guys, you are not cabinet makers, you're process engineers. If you remember that, that was a term that you gave us. And that term process engineer, I I told the guys, I said, listen, you may have been hired as a cabinet maker, as a driver, as a delivery guy, as a CNC operator, just throw that stuff out of the window. It, It doesn't matter anymore. You are a process engineer. And I told the guys, I said, my goal for you is to be the absolute best process engineer for a lean manufacturing company that you possibly can be. And you know what that means? That means that you're probably at some point going to cap out with me. And then there's going to be another company out there that's going to want to pick you up because you're going to cap out with me and I may very well lose you, but that's okay. Because I'm building value to who you are as a person, because that's what lean is. Lean is about building value for people more so than the organization. The organization benefits from it, but it's really about
2: people. And that was one of the key points. Sorry, Will, that, 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 when when we originally started talking with Jim and, and his team, we're getting pretty good at vetting customers and knowing who's trying to get into lean for the wrong reasons. And we just don't even mess with that. Um, but when we found out, you know, it became pretty apparent pretty quick that Jim was all about the people we're in. You know, we're on an airplane. We're coming there. That because that's that is the reason That is the only reason.
0: So how long did it take you to get the line organized and running? Was there any additional equipment involved or just Um, rearranging the
2: furniture? (laughs) We, we we truly like one of our, one of our, our missions is not to spend money. You know, like we're like, we're going to do more with exactly what you have. So let's, we literally, like you said, just rearrange the furniture and change the way we approach the work. Now, of course we can spend a ton of money and, and improve this thing going forward. But for that, for that week, I would say, Jim, you can comment, but I I would say it would be hard to say how long did it take us to get it going? Because every time we got going, three more guys got pulled out for training and three new guys got put in from the training. Um, But the day that we were allowed to, like, turn this thing on and let it run, which was Friday when we had the whole team, it went. So by, you know, we when did we start? Wednesday, Thursday, you know, Thursday we were heavily experimenting, and then Friday we are like, let's flip the switch. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, that's about right. Um, So Friday was really the kind of a tell all day. Um, It wasn't the, it was still not a perfect day because we didn't, you know, we didn't have everything set up the way we needed it set up. Um, And then the improvement that we made from Friday to Monday and Tuesday. I'm telling you, Brad, it was it was cool. It was really neat to see how guys transitioned from Thursday to Friday, end of day Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the following week when you guys were gone. Just the ideas they came up with made that line run that much smoother. So, amazing. so let's
0: get some some numbers here. So, what did it do to your productivity just in that first week? Brad, I'm going to let you speak to the front end. So, you saw what
1: our numbers were before cuz all I have and all I recall are the dollars.
2: Um, cabinet right. point-wise, I I got I got it all. Um, so pre pre um our our visit the and and for people listening, you can't use this measurement as a a comparison to what your company is because you don't even know what we're counting as a box so you can only compare our box count before and after so don't don't say well i build a thousand boxes the box count might vary from company to company but um when we got there it was 16 boxes a day um how river city counts a box which is you know uh, a whole face frame it could 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 have five or six cabinets in it um and then when we, the Friday that we let it run, Jim, am I wrong in saying 30, was it 30? No, the Friday that we let it run, we hit 22. 22, oh, right, okay. Because 20 and- twenty was the company's best, it historically was the company's best. Um, we had right. backslid a little bit to 16 in 2022 and 2021. Uh, and then on that Friday, we hit the 22. And then when all of your guys came back next week where we got the custom guys involved, plus the line, that's when things really started looking good.
0: So what happened then, Jim? How, where where did you go go there? So we are averaging
1: right now, we're averaging 22. Uh, I should say 23, right at 23, point nine so 23 cabinet boxes is what we're averaging right now some of those days go down some of those days go up you got to remember we've got christmas in between there so um if
0: so that's almost a 50 percent increase in production uh yes. yep yeah. just so just our highest in a week. Day,
1: yep our highest day
0: was 32 boxes wow so that'd be double yep
2: yep that's and, pretty and amazing to flip that over into, into dollars, what that looks like to go from, um, 16, 16 to, to 22 was that's eight times or, uh, that's $11,000 a day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So yep. definitely
1: significant. Yeah. yeah. So, so again, it's not, <laughs> this is what, this is what we have to remember. It's not about the money. It, it was, it's a, I mean, it's a great, it's a great benefit, but it's about the throughput. How, how can we get more product out the door? Because at the end of the day, that, that throughput out the door translates to employees see product going out the door faster, working together as a team. And the attitude of the employees is substantially different than when it was just, Hey, I'm a single guy here by myself on my own. Uh, Nobody really depends upon me. They know that we depend upon them as a company to do what they needed to do. But outside of that, goodness gracious. um, Now, now when somebody doesn't show up, they they see dramatically just how much they're needed when when they don't show up or they have somebody who calls in sick or has somebody that uh, um, that that get you know they just decide to be late for some reason or another. There's there's innate value in them being here, and they understand that now.
0: Well, there's a huge thing too that that doesn't get talked about when you increase productivity so often, and that is. The opportunity cost uh, and value that you get out of it. So now, you know, if if sixteen boxes was what you were doing, and you had potential new business that was would take you to twenty or thirty, you couldn't take that on. But now you can. Correct. So, and and you know that
1: was one of the that was one of the things Will that that we found with Brad in the midst of all of this. I told Brad, I said, man, I called him at one point, Brad, I don't remember this or not, but I called you and Lynn both. And I was like, I don't know. No, man, we are so busy right now. I don't know that we can afford to do this. (laughs) And Brad's response was, Brad's response was fantastic. That's the best time. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're asking me to turn our shop upside down. Have you come in the midst of this when we're in the busiest time we've ever had? And he's like, it's only going to get better. And it truly did.
0: Now, how long has it been since you initiated this change? When when was this on the calendar? Uh December 2nd
1: is uh is the official day we kicked the line into full into full uh into full
0: steam. So you're still at the early stages of this. We're we're talking in January, the first of January, a month later basically. Um and you're you're making improvements yes. beyond that. Yep.
1: Yeah so we are uh we we are still again in the process of making all of this uh come to fruition um we are tracking on a daily basis what our box count is um so yeah we we've got all that done um but i mean it it's it's been it's been very very good for us uh we we finished the year off strong uh we're starting january with a uh, with a bit of a backlog that we are working through quickly um so it's uh <laughs> You know, it, it, it's really good to see the guys are actually putting cabinet boxes together faster than we we've ever done uh, to the point that, you know, we're now making other changes. So lean causes you to make other changes, right? Um, now, now our bottleneck is the, is the CNC, believe it or not, um, where we're looking at it going, how do we get more cut on the CNC in a faster time to keep the line fed? we got to go to smaller batch sizes, which, you know, if you know anything about lean uh, the, the, the goal uh, written by uh written by Eli um again
0: gold you know, tells yeah. You. Mm-hmm.
1: yep yep you gotta you gotta bring all of that into smaller batches and now we're look we're working on that our bottleneck is is obviously moving from one department to another we're trying to uh we're trying to tackle those things um all issues that we knew we had but trying to trying to figure out what those issues are where they land was very difficult it's it's pretty pretty vivid right now and a lot of that yeah. has to do with the changes
0: when i and talk to one them, of the things talk about going. lean to shops that have yet to adopt it um they're very skeptical about the huge improvements that are quoted by a lot of the lean experts and in some of the stories that we've run um i'd like to hear from you both about how you can explain such boosts in productivity um brad maybe you want to take a stab at it first there
2: <laughs> yeah, I would I would I've come to the conclusion then just recently that um the more if let's say you have a business and and it's you're you're doing like five percent or less, you know, probably probably ropes in most woodworking companies. Um if you're not making counterintuitive decisions, then you're gonna stay where you are because you're intuitively doing what you know how to do. And so if you don't get out of that, I think it was Weight Watchers uh, that ran an ad once that says, if you could do it on your own, you would have already. And so sometimes it's just like, it's, it's like, like Jim, he called us, he read the books, he knew about lean, he understood the concepts. but sometimes it just helps to have someone standing beside you that knows what they're doing holding your hand through the processing. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. And, and like, without that, you're too scared. It's way too scary to go go out. Like Jim, could you have imagined trying to change what we changed in one week? Just, just on your own. Maybe he's gone. Are you there,
0: Jim? (laughs)
2: i'm
0: here yes yeah yeah What? what what would have happened if you tried to to make those changes yourself jim as the operations manager (laughs) um
1: man uh
0: you would have had a mutiny on your hands right
1: (laughs) i i I would i would have had a mutiny You, you know um there was a lot to be said um brad um brad was the bad guy um Brad was a bad guy. And, uh, and Lynn was the good guy, if you will. Um, So yeah, Brad, you didn't, you didn't make a lot of friends. Uh, You did with you did with us in terms of management. Um, But but people on the floor, again, we talked about that. Um, It was a little bit rough going. But that's not because of who you are. It's more so because you were the agent of change, right? So the, the agent of change always wears that coat, which you wore it. You wore it proudly, and I appreciate the fact that you wore it. But you allowed me to be the guy to come in behind you and 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 smooth some of that over. Um, Damage, and control. Still, can right. Damage control. You could say it. Right. Damage control. There you go. And, and and at the end of the day, Brad. At the end of the day, you know it. Um, I, I know. I know. I'm responsible for running the company. But at the same time, I look at this guy and I say, I say, this is an opportunity for us as a company to to make changes together that benefit the entire company we offer profit sharing here and through that profit sharing man the more profitable we are as a company the more options our guys have to make more money so um it it comes down to how do we make everyone in the organization uh be be better than better than we were yesterday and it's those small you know back that two second lean book right two second lean. what are the two what are what are What are things that you can change in two seconds or less? Um, What what modification can you make that's going to make your life easier? Fix what bugs you, to coin a phrase from Brad.
0: Yeah, no, it's oh. it's definitely well. It's just a, it's just a terrific story, um, and uh, I definitely want to go into it a little bit deeper. Congratulations to both of you guys. Um, I definitely want to come down to Austin and and check out River City and and learn more uh, firsthand. Um, for anyone else in our audience who wants to learn more about lean manufacturing, you can read Brad's monthly column in FDMC magazine. Uh, and online at Woodworking Network, or you can go directly to uh, his website at QuantumLean.ca. And uh, um, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. We've only scratched the surface here today, yep. um, but uh, uh, we'll we'll revisit this topic in the future and and get people in. I just wanted to to give folks an idea of what a, a beginning lean transformation is like. And I think you've, you've both done a great job of that today. Thanks for coming on.
1: Well, well we no appreciate problem. you having
0: us. Um, and I will
1: tell you this, Will, if you could, you're ever in Austin, I want you to come by and see us for sure. Um, if, if any of your listeners want to reach out, I'd love to chat with them about it as well. If you're skeptical, um, I totally understand it. I was skeptical as well. At the same time, um, I, I can't speak highly enough about Brad and Lynn. They did a fantastic job for us. They didn't pay me to say that. I'm telling you that from the goodness of my heart. Um, <laughs> they really did. And and Will, just to just to again, to, to piggyback on that part of Lean, we want people to come here we're not perfect i want you to see how bad we do so that you can do better if you choose not to adopt lean that's okay too um i'm i'm excited about where we're going i'm excited about the growth that we have and the reality of it is we're going to continue to grow because we've done this not because we we, 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 no other reason than that We're, we're going to continue to grow because we've made this change
0: that's great. Great, Jim. And we'll uh, be following your progress, I'm sure, at any rate. Absolutely. Well, that's that's it what we've got for today. But uh, uh, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll be in touch with both of you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Well, That's it for today. If you're looking for more of our podcasts, you can find all of them at woodworkingnetwork.com podcasts and in popular podcast channels. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Wood Pro Expo Florida, and the Woodworking Network. If you have a comment or topic you'd like us to explore, contact me at will.sampson at woodworkingnetwork.com. Thanks for listening.